Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You are listening to a GeekCast Radio podcast. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I am your host, as usual, Michael Powers. Uh, this week, I'm joined by a returning favorite, but new to this version of Off the Cuff. I have uh, Joe Reed. Hello, I'm back home at Off the Cuff, where I belong. We've missed you, sir. Well, I can't say we because I can't speak for <laughs> Danner and Shanzi right now, but. <laughs> I have missed recording with you. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. Not that I don't mind uh, recording a TFJ one mic. Those oh, are no. fun podcasts, absolutely. But uh, but this is home, you know. Share the voice. Indeed. Um, this week might be a little bit different than the last few episodes because uh, Joe and I uh, want to talk about something we've never really talked about in Off the Cuff before. Um. It's a book. Oh my gosh, a real book. Well, I mean, it's a real book in so much as I have it in my hand, but when I read it, I read it on my iPad. Yeah, when so, I, I have the real book too, and I read it on my uh, my my Nook. Actually, what's funny is I, I bought it last summer when Allie and I were in Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. because a lot of people on gaming podcasts were talking about it, and I know I haven't said the title of the book yet, and that's partially, partially intentional. Um, but then, you know, I didn't read it, didn't read it. And within the last month or so at work, I've gotten really bored with all my TV shows and I just, I needed something to break up the monotony. So I looked on, uh, on the iTunes bookstore because we had just moved. So all the books were still packed up and it was on the iTunes bookstore for like three bucks. So I was like, Oh, that was not the cough button. (laughs) <laughs> that was that was the hang up button. I apologize. So you nope. found it on the uh the the yeah, I found Apple store for three bucks. For three bucks, and I was like, you know what, for three bucks I could totally afford to buy it again so I could start reading it right now. Uh the book we are I am beating around the bush here is the Ernest Klein best selling novel or bestseller uh, Ready Player One. Yay. Um, if you have not read this book and you're a fan of video games or a fan of computers or geek culture or anything like that, 
um, I highly suggest stopping the podcast right now and uh, going to check it out. Yep. It's uh, it's it's certainly a love letter to Could all be. of us. I feel I feel um, that it's meant for somebody just a little bit older than me uh, who maybe spent more time being aware of Atari in that generation, but it's still yeah. still an amazing book. I, I, I agree with you there, but I feel like it's there's enough not non-video game references. Plenty, plenty. Um, it's, I, I, it's basically a love letter to the 80s. <clears throat> and if the readers will bear with me. Actually, I don't know, if Joe, if you have the book in front of you. I do. Because I think you have a better voice than I do. All right. If you wanted to read the little synopsis. In the back? Yeah, the one that... On mine, it starts with, in the year 2044. Reality is an ugly place. The only time teenage Wade Watts really feels alive is when he's jacked into the virtual utopia known as the Oasis. Wade's devoted his life to studying the puzzles hidden within this world's digital confines. Puzzles that are based on the creator's obsession with the pop culture of decades past, and that promise massive power and fortune to whoever can unlock them. But when Wade stumbles upon his first clue, he finds himself beset by players willing to kill to take this ultimate prize. The race is on, and if Wade is going to survive, he'll have to win and confront the real world he's always been so desperate to escape. So, what drew you, or where did you hear about this book? I actually, I, I, uh, I had been aware of it in passing, and it didn't kind of click for me. But very recently, I watched the... Uh, the Atari documentary on Netflix that kind of focuses on them digging up the Atari graveyard in the the, the game the, over the Atari, yep or Atari game over very very good uh, documentary a little oh, yes. slanted but still good <clears throat> and uh, Ernest Klein was one of the people that they had doing kind of those confessional interview things uh, and in the back I saw his book sitting on the shelf conveniently nice plug for him and uh, like okay I think I'll go find this thing because he seems interesting and there's that book sitting there. And that's when I went immediately to Amazon, bought the physical copy, got the physical copy, sat down, put three or four pages into it and realized, you know, I really like having a physical book, but I think I'd like to go read this on my on my digital book and went and pirated the EPUB file because I figured I already bought the book and I hope I don't feel too guilty. No, I don't feel too guilty about that. I wouldn't either. Because <clears throat> because books really nowadays for you know fourteen bucks, uh, they should come with a digital download code on the inside that you scratch off and get the digital copy as well. In fact, if a book is fifteen dollars, I would pay seventeen for that book to get a digital file and the physical copy. I could be wrong, and the listeners is some some listeners might be able to verify this. I think Amazon actually does that. Um, if you buy a physical copy of the book, they give you access to it on your Kindle. That way, you can start reading it immediately. That's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I, I was kind of similar. I'd heard about it a few years ago on various gaming podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, here and there. Um, hence the reason I picked it up a year ago and just never got around to touching it. Um, what got me to actually sit down and read it was the announcement that Steven Spielberg had been signed to, um, direct the movie. That's gonna be interesting. Um, and I know there was a lot of, there's a lot of, um, licensing and everything, uh, a lot of named things in, in the book, ready player one. And one of the interesting tweets that came out, 
uh, from Slash Film actually after they announced that um, Steven Spielberg was you know the director. You know, people's other concerns were getting the rights to that material. And Slash Film basically pointed out that all Steven Spielberg really has to do is ask. <laughs> and he'll get the rights to whatever he wants. I mean, he, I mean, as far as like Atari is concerned, right? He, I mean, he made E.T., which depending on how you look at it, is was the downfall <laughs> of Atari. So, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that that's why I you know I, I decided to dive in dive into it because I was mm-hmm. like now I want to know what's going on. Um, now it's a little fresher in your mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume. Um, I don't mean to sound mean, but I consume a lot. I think I consume a lot more media than you do. Uh-huh. Now I, I I have read it to completion. Um, so I don't know if you want to jump in here and just start talking about various parts of the book and I can tag along with you. Um, Hmm. Like I said, this is kind of going to be a little bit of a spoiler episode. So if you haven't read the book and you want to stop right now. And I'll, I'll try to keep uh, discussions. I'll, I'll keep the major and big twist of the book. I'll keep those things kind of, kind of secret, but the, the plot I think we'll, we'll probably openly discuss. Um, and, and perhaps some, some scenes in there, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, my over well, I don't want to have to go do overall now, but uh, uh, general plot of the book: he's a poor kid, um, and and in this kind of post-apocalyptic society, things are really falling apart. Uh, 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 he goes to school online in this oasis. The oasis is that's I guess where you have to start with it. It's like a big MMO. I would say of, it's like Warcraft on crack. Yeah, you jack yourself into it almost like the Matrix, uh, more of a virtual reality kind of experience, but everything happens in the Oasis now. The the fictional creator of the Oasis in the book kind of created it to be very open. People can go there and businesses can set up things and you can buy property online to build things where people can come and shop with you. So it's commercial, but then there's also... Uh, this this big kind of nonprofit, just experiential part of it, and Wade, the the main character, uh, uh, who I think goes, I think I'm pronouncing this right. It's Parsival. He's uh, I think a, a I Latin pronunciation. Percival. Percival. Yeah, it's it, it's spelled with an A, isn't it? I think. I think uh, I think it's just spelled with a Z. Pers- I think it's Percival, but with a Z because he had to uh, make it. Fit. I thought it was so a somebody Latin took his name pronunciation already. or something like that. Well, it's the same thing as the yeah. uh, Knights of the Round Table. Knights of the Round Table, Percival. Yeah, he um he goes to school in it, and uh, the the big thing is this kind of subculture that's come up with the Oasis, where the creator put in. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a ten year, one hundred thousand mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. In this Easter egg, as video gamers, we know what Easter eggs are. They're those fun things that happen when you climb the Statue of Liberty and go find its heart on the inside, and it's this throbbing heart. Uh, or uh, it's this the, the the key in the adventure Atari game that gives you the the 
creator's name, the first Easter egg. Um, the, the creator of this oasis put in an Easter egg that basically gives away the keys to the city, his uh, entire fortune, the company. Uh, and, and so this subculture of people have come up trying to solve these riddles and figure out where the where this is. And our hero, uh, Percival, or Wade in the real world, is the first person in the entire world to get to the first clue. And then that kind of unlocks plots and friends kind of going at each other to figure out what the rest of them are and to then win the prize. The the conflict or the the the, the antagonist of this book is kind of a, a rival corporation who wants to really, really monetize the oasis and, and clamp down on it. And to they're, 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 there's the culture of kind of hackers and geeks and nerds that are learning everything they can to win this prize. But uh, contrary to that is are these employees of this corporation who are uh, given accounts and given all these resources to go find this prize. And as soon as that first uh, clue is unlocked by Wade, they kind of swoop in and it gets really difficult because there are these uh, really, well, they're kind of even cheating in, in some ways, uh, uh, trying to steal the prize from our heroes, the the hackers. Yep. I And, and you, a better way to... Um... A better analogy, I think, for the corporation and the Oasis is I, in in terms of a modern day setting, it's very much um, the whole uh, what is the, the open internet. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You, you could you can kind of look at it as the corporate the evil corporation in here, and this is just our. I'm not like saying this about any one company, but the evil corporation could be viewed as like say Comcast. And the Oasis could be viewed as like Netflix, just for simplicity's sake. And, you know, Netflix wants all of their content available for everybody at like the cheapest possible medium. You know, it's like you pay one price and you get access to all this content. And the corporation in this case has decided that, you know, it's all been monetized wrong. They have like tons of, they could put tons of ads all over the place. They could charge people by the minute if they wanted to, because the Oasis has become this like really popular thing. And this corporation is basically the internet provider for the world. And Oasis needs the internet provider, but it's like, it's like a chicken egg cart horse kind of thing. And they're constantly fighting and the corporation knows that if they can get control of the Oasis by winning this contest, then they can do essentially destroy it, you know, and basically kind of do what, you know, Comcast and other internet providers in this day and age want to do, which is priority traffic and, you know, charge you like nickel and dime you to death for like faster speeds or, you know, for, you know, gigabits and stuff like that. So I, I, I found it interesting that that was in there. And I, I was like, I was able to, you know, put that into something that I could like, it was easily easy for me to understand because that's something that's very much going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he intended for that type of an analogy, but it's, if, it's... if he did, considering when this was written, it was kind of, I mean, we knew that that stuff was coming. I think industry people knew, but I think it's really become kind of more common knowledge that, yeah, these is, is... I, I kind of, I kind of lost you. We were talking about like when the book was made in industry insiders, knowing that this type of stuff was coming. Um, and I was looking up the uh, copyright for the book, which is 2011. Yeah, I think and the I think the so. net neutrality debate was like really summer of 2014, and and now that that's come 
really to the forefront of of even just normal people knowledge i think uh it made the book it's making the book even more current uh to to, to what's going on so yeah i i i really like that the now in my opinion and uh, uh sorry listeners if we're jumping all over here with this but it's a exciting it, it, it's a wonderful book uh i it really for me i i really like the everything leading up to like him solving it everything leading up and to him solving the first problem the first the first riddle riddle because there was so much like world building and so much just like getting you into it and it was so weird how just like it was like getting to the top of that roller coaster and boy did it take a long time to get there yeah i one but of I, my, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed every minute of it. One of my only criticisms for the book, it's, it's Ernest Klein's first book, and it kind of feels that way. Um, it's okay. It's a great book, and I recommend it to everybody who's a nerd and would enjoy it. But it's it's like candy. You know, you, you know, it's not good. You know, it's not good for you. But it sure was entertaining. And I think. Uh, uh, given more experience, I wish I, I'd like to see the same plot, the same story told by him uh, 20 years from now after he's written five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 books. Uh, it just seemed a little, I don't, there's not a lot of characters and that comes from somebody who reads game of Thrones where there's hundreds of them. Uh, I see. I appreciated the small amount of characters cause I was able to follow who was who and mm-hmm. who was saying what about who and, like I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've never read a Game of Thrones novel, but if it's anything like the TV show, I have oh, trouble it's following. Way worse. <laughs> see, I have trouble following along with the TV show most of the time, and most of the time, I don't even identify with like the character names in mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I identify with the actor. Mm-hmm. Like I have to remember who people are by the actor that portrays them, not by their character name. <laughs> and and so, I. The watching the first season of uh, of Game of Thrones made reading all of the books, the subsequent books, uh, much better. I had finished the book series after the first season was out, and and that was kind of, that, that helped a lot. Having watched the TV show first, so, but yeah, I, I but appreciated anyway. the the smaller mm-hmm. number of characters. I also felt like you got to know them a little more. Mm-hmm. I um, I think the where my criticism comes from is that it it ends up being one of those oddly convenient things uh, somebody that he mentions in passing in the beginning of the book ends up becoming a close friend eh, just that little stuff it, it kind of shrinks the world but uh, you know it, that's a minor minor gripe to what was otherwise just this big love letter to but don't the you think that has something I did. I, but don't you think that has more to do with like the understanding of like the internet like for example uh i mean you're not as well, okay, you're on Facebook, but you're not on Twitter. Okay, mm-hmm. on Twitter, you are you pretty much have carte blanche to interact with anybody that you want to, um, as long as you have their handle and they're on Twitter. Um, so, like for me, like that part didn't really bother me because there are like game game journalists that I like respect and like kind of hold in like a higher regard than like what we do on like mm-hmm. off the cuff right i mean they get first access to all these games and stuff like that so to me they're kind of like geek little celebrities, geek celebrities right mm-hmm. but with twitter i'm able to like follow their follow conversations they might be having in public and jump in and give voice my opinion and maybe actually engage them in a conversation mm-hmm. um like the internet 
the internet is a much with depending on what social network you're on the internet is not that big of a place socially um so i didn't really find that to be too much of a stretch that he mentions this person and then comes across them because they're, they're both doing the exact same thing hmm. you know it's it it would it yeah i guess, I guess it I, seemed overly convenient out of the hundreds of bloggers who are probably doing the same thing it was the one that one i'll give you i'll give you convenient but at the same time just knowing that like i can jump online right now and interact with people that i would think are Mm -hmm. celebrities the way that he you know i mean he was just too scared to probably interact with her but he stalked her more or less Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) which Uh, makes it even funnier but he i mean he (laughs) i mean he didn't like yeah, the yeah. internet stalked her the way you would follow somebody on Twitter but never say anything. Yeah. So it's it's not like that crazy. I, I so to me that didn't really ruffle any feathers mm-hmm. for me. But Yeah, I, and, and it was a minor ruffle that uh the, the the pace of the book will would would immediately flush down. I blasted through this book. I even took it to work and read it while I while I was I think we we had a couple slow days and there was lots of movie watching in my classroom and I had the book uh on my nook reading it there. But uh, that was fun. And, and actually, a couple of my students had been reading it, too. And that was kind of interesting to say, hey, you, yeah, me too. All right, cool. And you know, like, I'm, I'm looking at them going, you don't understand half of these references, do you? Because you're 11. And like one kid said, well, me and my dad, we're reading it together. And he's explaining it to me and showing me the movies as they go through. I'm like, OK, that's a neat way to do it. See, I that, that brings up an interesting thing. The movies, mm-hmm. the way movies play into this, the the way he found an interesting way to turn them into mini games. Uh-huh. Was... Uh, like rock band, only the movie. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, like, and they did uh, war games. Yep. And Monty Python. Yep. So I, it's funny. I watched this actually, this book actually prompted me to watch uh, a few things. Cause um, war games was on HBO go. Um, and I hadn't seen that movie since I was a kid. So I thought, why not check it out? (laughs) I wasn't looking for like, I wasn't like. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fact-checking the book or anything like that, but it was it was interesting to watch that again. It kind of, kind of got me to watch it. And, and like you... um. I had stumbled across the Atari documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. after you um, read the book. After I read the book, and it was interesting to see like this adventure game that they keep talking about. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of this game before, like I... ever. And then I saw it on uh, a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Like I did a a, an adv- a a short YouTube video about the game Adventure and its Easter egg. And then, of course, it was mentioned in the Atari thing and. 
I'm pretty sure I saw it referenced like somewhere else, but it was really weird to see this thing referenced like three times within like a week of finishing this book. And I uh-huh. never heard of this game before. I owned it, never even put it in the Atari. I hope, uh, you know, it's, oh gosh, I hope I didn't sell it because the video game collection has gone. I think I, I think I kept it. And if not, it's pretty easy to find. And I did keep an Atari, but I'd, I'd like to play through it uh, as difficult as that is to kind of do nowadays. Is there any particular part of the book that was like, like what was the your favorite part of the book? Uh, I think, I think up to him. Uh, um, okay, two favorite parts: him solving the first puzzle, that whole figuring it out and and actually doing it, physically accomplishing it, was just entertaining. And then I think the the climactic battle at the end, where it's like bunches of of nerds piloting everything out of pop culture to fight each other with it that was kind of neat too just i you know, i don't do you have to get licensing for a book like it seems weird that they can mention like voltron by name uh in a book but uh, you know i don't think you I don't that's think an interesting you gray area there i know that you do when you do a movie though yeah absolutely like i i don't there's no credits in the book you know so maybe you don't have to I don't know how that stuff works. Like usually it would be like in a bibliography, wouldn't it? Like Yeah, well or, or in an acknowledgement. I, I suppose if it's literary, I know you're not literary. Uh, scholarly, you have to put that uh work cited in bibliography in the back, but um No, nothing that I can find in here. Flip Maybe it's because it's a work of fiction. It. Well, so are movies, but I you're you're using somebody's image which will undoubtedly draw somebody to I somebody yeah. will go see this movie because it's Voltron. Uh, if they are able to secure that. Yeah. My gosh, you know, the first time we're going to see Voltron on film will be this movie and not the actual Voltron film that I want to see. <laughs> Funny. What about Ultraman? That was kind of neat, too. Yeah, Ultraman so, showing up. Um, Yeah, I have to agree. The fight, the, the climactic fight at the end and the tech to me was always really interesting because they do, he does a really good job of explaining like there's like the... There's the free, low cost. Everyone gets access to the Oasis bundle, and then there's like the top of the line where you're in like a 360 degree bubble that acts as a treadmill for you yeah. to be fully interactive. Like it goes from. He did a pretty good job of explaining it from the you know the, the the very basic setup to the most complex setup, and I also like the whole. He took time to explain certain things. Like it was almost like a history of video games or like pulp cu- and pulp culture stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not completely to this degree. And this might not be a very good comparison, but kind of like um, American Psycho. I don't think I, I'm pretty sure I've read that. I, I've read it. I don't think I haven't have, seen but... it and I didn't know it was a book. Well, it's a, I, as a book, it was actually pretty good. Um, but there's like the the author in the book Brett Easton Ellis devotes entire chapters like there's two entire chapters that are written as music reviews for Huey Lewis in the News and Whitney Houston. Huh. But they're written from the perspective of the player or, or of the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I f- that type of that attention to detail or whatever I feel like that kind of thing was kind of paid to things in mm-hmm. not not quite as like 
finally done is the American Psycho stuff, but still, it was the picture was painted enough for you to actually understand what was going on. Yeah, you, you or to appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was deliberate to help people through who maybe weren't completely familiar with it. Um, hmm. So, what do you think? Now, this I don't. This is all speculation here. And I'm trying not to devolve this into poo-pooing on something before anyone ever sees anything. But <laughs> do you think this works as a movie, like a single movie, a trilogy of movies? Or like would it be better served as like a miniseries on like HBO? Like I think this could absolutely be done in a movie. You know, and especially since there are so few characters. But I also feel that this could be the first in a series. Now, yeah, admittedly, great things happen in the end of the book, but, uh, you know, who knows? There could be some kind of conflict that comes, arises after that. Um, well, I mean, each of the keys have, there's some type of mini drama. conflict with each. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's so, so much of the book occurs before he even solves the first puzzle mm-hmm. that I feel like that could possibly be, you know, a movie in and of itself if you take artistic license with the property. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, th- I think it I think it could be done with a movie if it's if it it doesn't get done in one movie I'd rather it be a very small six episode miniseries. Um, but I think if it got stretched out to three movies, it'd get stretched a little thin. Probably. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of on the fence. Like I'm like if it's if it's one movie, I don't want it to be any less than like two and a half hours. Because mm-hmm. I just I don't. It's not that I don't see how they can't. I it's not that I don't see how they can't make it into a, a movie because let's be honest, most books are padded with description with mm-hmm. descriptive text, which when you have a movie is just done visually. Yep, we just so, I wouldn't want to see this book get turned into Ender's Game the movie as badly as that transition went. It it just it compressed the timeline too much. I think that was more bad. I don't know if I can blame that on directing or writing. Or screenplay, I guess, for for that movie. But I, I think with a good writer and, and certainly with Steven Spielberg behind it, I think it'll be fine. And I'm I'm very excited to see how they handle the the in game stuff. There's there's out of the Matrix running around in the trailer park and and uh, the the big city, but then there's jacked into I don't know, I keep calling keep wanting to call it the Matrix jacked into the Oasis with 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 character names displayed over people's heads and bringing up these inventories. Reboot? Wait, didn't aren't they remaking reboot? Well, they are, but do you think do you think we're going to get a reboot like or esque? Honestly, I hope not. I think what I think what I would like to see would be um um uh, beautified versions of the real life characters made up in such a way that they almost look plastic or fake, but then shoot it like maybe almost Tron like. Um Oh, wait. What about um AI? Yeah, yeah. Think of the, the androids like and AI. Jude, yeah, like Jude Law and, and, and then AI. light it all psychotic, weird, and and put the CG uh, character names and the inventory screens that they're manipulating with their hands in front of them. Um, but that would that might also lead to some very interesting acting moments because in the game, your character, uh, more expensive rigs will read your facial expressions and make your in-game avatar have the same expressions. But you can turn that off. 
and then you're expressionless or you can look like you're sleeping or look like you're awake to kind of away from keyboard, that sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see those things happen visually uh, as well in that. Now, I will say the one of the kind of just a, uh, I was I was very surprised and very happy with the one of the major character twists towards yes! the end of the book. Yes, <laughs> I was like, yes, with with H <laughs> H. Yep. Um, I was very I was very happy with that, but I was kind of let down by um, Artemis. Yep. Um, it's just the convenience uh, of that relationship, I think, was. Yeah, but I was like the way that they build it up. And then mm-hmm. when it's like re- it's revealed, like the, there's the little reveal. I was like, that's it. Uh huh. I was like, I was like, way to make sure that you can still have a decent looking girl play that role. And. <laughs> Not you know make the audience barf. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Like like it's not if that that was like if if I had one gripe with the book, it was like that yeah that punch was pulled a little bit for the sake of you know getting a a, a decent female lead in the movie. I do, I don't think um, I don't think it was written with having the idea of of a female lead in the movie, but I think that was just uh, male fantasy convenient. I he's done other I mean he's done other like movie related stuff. Uh-huh. So it would not surprise me if this book was written with the idea plus the movie rights were sold before the book even came out. Oh boo. Okay. So it wouldn't surprise me if like there was some st- like if if it was written in some way. And this is not a knock towards the quality of the book or anything. I'm just this one particular character beat I feel was written with a casting idea in mind. And that's just my personal opinion. No, then and and I that was another thing. The the character Artemis is is uh in the game a uh a blogus who writes and does these things. And I would have liked to see him uh show us instead of telling us about her. Uh kinda I, I can't remember the name of the book that really made me bring brought that uh, concept to my face where an author shouldn't tell you; they should show you. Um, and, and I would have liked to like read her blogs and kind of develop a crush on her, like like uh, uh, Wade did in the book through her. It just kind of showed it. Don't well, don't you think that has more to do with like books that start from the beginning versus books that or stories? I'll say stories. I won't even say. I, I don't want to limit to books because TV shows, movies, and everything do this too. Do you think that has more to do with like where this adventure starts versus like a an adventure that starts from the beginning? Because I, I feel like this one start this doesn't it this basically is told from the perspective of him narrating the entire adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it has more to do with an inexperienced writer. I uh, that's what it, that kind of felt like to me. And I uh, the um the Avatar movie that doesn't actually exist the last Airbender movie they told you things they narrated things instead of show it well that's an extreme example but that's (laughs) that's i think what happened with this relationship is that but couldn't you say that about anything that you watch that's like lived in i mean a lot of some stuff in star wars happens that they don't show you they just tell you about it no but but uh 
Han and Leia like, don't just show up with a narrator over their shoulder. Like in the big opening text, Han and Leia started dating together. Uh, no, that you get to watch them through Empire have these awkward moments and the hatred of and, and, and a new hope. And you get to see it finally at the end of where, where mm-hmm. they like, okay, no, I know. I love you too. And that was shown as opposed to like it happening in the text saying they were falling in love with each other happily. And that's that's kind of what I, I think a little bit happened with some of the relationships in the book, especially Artemis and, and Wade in, in that it was it was just kind of shown instead of, you know, I because in 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 letting me fall in love with Artemis as well, that was kind of that that experience was deprived by just saying, oh, and he had a crush on her like, no, make make me have a crush on her. Pr- prove to me that that's possible. And you think that has anything, something to do, anything to do with like the perspective of which the to- story is told, though? I don't, I don't know. There, it took. There are. I don't. I don't little... He's not. I, I. I guess I. This thing gets a pass for me because it's mm-hmm. not. He's not telling it like in the present tense. No, Everything's already. Be... He's already telling it like as it happened. I don't like when I tell you a story about mm-hmm. something that's happened to me. I don't. You know, get into all the nitty gritty details of it. No, but I think the, the. I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying you're wrong or anything like that. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just I understand what you're saying about you know because I, I hear about that all the time. It's it's mm-hmm. the whole. It it can also be applied to video games. It's like yeah. why am I seeing this in a cutscene? Why am I not playing this? Yeah, exactly. It's and I think same... in in the book here, it has the clues are given in these little subtexts. There are lots of little uh, bullet points where they give you a footnote, and there's text boxes that show what the computer screen looks like or what the, the chat window looked like. I think oh, I know, never you saw open, any of those. You open a chapter with, with one of her blogs, you have him explain or talk about his reaction to that blog and what that made him feel instead of just saying, I read her blog and I tingled, but yeah, I mean, no, chapter 17 has the chat window. Uh, it's funny because like, I opened up right to chapter seventeen. Yeah, there's like four pages of chat window and 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 you know the bullet points that the, mainly those bullet points were in the beginning of the book, kind of explaining the company's history. But uh, but I, when you give yourself that way out, yeah, you just you, man utilize that, especially because it's a book about this internet world. I think we would have completely accepted more of that kind of stuff. And I don't. It's it sounds terrible when I talk about my gripes on that but i i really do this is a fun fun book yeah it's, i think honestly the relationship has so little to do with the overall story mm-hmm. it's more just there for like padding mm-hmm. like artemis easily could have just been you know the arrival and it would have been it could have been the same thing mm-hmm. like i to me i wasn't i wasn't hinging a whole lot on that especially after the the character beat that we were talking about a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah, it would it would have made it would have made I think everybody a more complete, stronger character. Uh, more complete, I guess, is maybe that's a better way to, to say it, rather than just text H, to accomplish. I a think plot H point. was probably the most complete character. <laughs> Very entertaining. So H is his best friend uh, that he meets online and has known for a very long time. They have this little basement clubhouse. virtual yeah clubhouse that they hang out in and and they watch movies together in the oasis and um but uh it's his it's uh wade's best friend so yeah 
Uh, totally recommend this book. Mm-hmm. Can't rec- recommend it enough to anyone that loves video games or just general geek stuff. Especially if, I mean, even if you're a fan of the 80s, it's great. Have you ever played an MMO to, like, really relate to that? No. I mean, I get the appeal of mm-hmm. them. I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I dabbled in, like, the, the Sims Online beta. Mm-hmm. and i treat there's a lot of games that i treat that way and like as an mmo like i'm gonna get together and hang out with friends anyways mm-hmm. like for example, when i sit down to play call of duty with danner i don't actually sit down to play call of duty i sit down to have a conversation with him while i'm shooting guys it's like mm-hmm. to me that's the digital equivalent of going and playing paintball with your buddies mm-hmm. so it's most most any game i play that has an online component. I treat it as just like a virtual chat room that you get to do something in. instead of just sitting in a room. Well, doing what we're doing right now. Right. <laughs> we're just, we're just talking to each other. How boring is this? I mean, I could totally um, be playing uh, uh Wolfenstein right now. Right. Exactly. So like if we, and to, to me, that's also one of the reasons why when I get online, even if there isn't multiplayer, I like to hang out in party chat. Um, and it's not so much to like just distract somebody from a game or anything. It's just the, the feeling of knowing that somebody else is there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've gotten used to the, I've gotten used to the whole like gaming with other people that gaming by myself is weird. (laughs) So, um, all right. Well, is there anything you want to add or anything you want to plug, uh, personally? Hey, Um, there's a geek sale coming up. If you're in the West Michigan area or don't mind driving to it, uh, June 13th, Saturday, June 13th at Big Kids Games on the north end of Grand Rapids, uh, we're having an outdoor geek sale. Uh, It's, I don't know, fifth or sixth one. I've lost count now. We just do it. Uh, But come to our little gypsy camp and buy action figures and movie memorabilia. We also have a Facebook page if you want to find information there, up-to-date stuff, and the event uh, at facebook.com slash sale. All right, and I'm waiting for my closeout script to pop up here. This is not good. Come on. Where is it? This podcast is going to go on forever. Forever. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, comment on our parent site at geekcastradio.com or send emails to us at feedback at geekcastradio.com. Just put off the cuff in the subject line and it'll get filtered to me. Um, you can find myself, Michael Powers, on Twitter, Xbox Live, and the PlayStation Network at Booth Ninja Eighty One. Uh, Joe, I think I can be best found on Facebook through the Geek Stuff Garage Sale site. Uh, any other social media thing? I have no idea how to use. So there's that. He's still learning, folks. So. <laughs> I learn right, like well. everybody's grandma. <laughs> I don't know where the buttons are. Hope everyone's enjoying the new direction for Off the Cuff. Let us know in the comments or in an iTunes review. Um, always looking for opinions. So. Yeah, suggest a show too. That'd be a, or a topic rather. We'd probably like to hear that. Yeah, I think eventually it'll become come down to like you know, we need people to suggest topics that we can just like throw out at the last minute. So <laughs> and summer's coming around for me too, so I'll have a lot more time. I I want to. I want, give me something to research, listeners. Give me something to go look. What do you want to know about? And you're too lazy to type it into Google. I'll go type it into Google for you, and we can make a presentation out of it. Fantastic.
All right. We'll fill your ear holes next week. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.